When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This podcast is brought to you by... No one. Someone, please. I beg you, sponsor me. you got to remember that this is a marathon, not a sprint. So you've got to be measured and how aggressive we go. Yep, copy Lewis. Absolutely agree, Lewis. On the show today, we break down everything that happened in Baku at the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. Talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. Oh, from the race weekend, we bite into an embarrassment sandwich because I am starving. More race cancellations and your stat of the week plus more. But first, we need to hand the mic over to a man. A man that could take down Thanos with a single swing. A man that would remember to turn left on the racetrack and not go straight on like Hamilton. That man is David Croft. Take it away, Crofty. It's lights out and away we go. Once a week, one man emerges from the pit lane to deliver all the news, discussion and results of Formula One. Well, that time has arrived. Sit back, relax, for the Park It In My Ferme show. Here is your host, Colby. That is right, ladies and gentlemen. It's your boy, your main squeeze, Cody, aka the Cultopotamus, and welcome down to the watering hole. What a monstrous, huge, colossus show we have for you today. You see this though? See what I'm holding? Holding in my hand right here? Yeah. Well, that's my Fermi, so park it on up in there as it is. The park it in my Fermi show, the show that talks all things Formula One. All the news, opinions, discussion, result, previews, tire explosions, front wheel lockups, Yuki Sonoda swearing, Mazepin just being a dickhead. Everything. And this is the one of the biggest shows. <laughs> a show that's so big, Kelly PK slid into the DMs to ask for pictures of it. 
And we are up to episode number 44. So if you've missed anything from the previous episodes, head over to parkinginmyfairmate.com to download all the episodes there. But better yet, look down at that podcast app right now, the one you're looking at, that subscribe and follow button. So inviting. Well, why not gently caress the button with the tip of your finger so you can be the first in the world to hear my soothing, smooth, sexy sounds twice a week. Tell your friend to tell your friends. Let's keep this bad puppy growing. And if you want more, <laughs> I know you do, head over to the Patreon page or to the socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Parker My Family. But what is on the show today? Well, we'll break down everything that happened over the weekend in Azerbaijan and the Baku GP. We will, of course, of course, look at the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> And I hope you're all starving because we have ourselves an embarrassment sandwich to eat and lots, lots more. But before we do all that, before we get started, grab a nice glass of vino, something pretty top shelf. It's got a nice little 96. Put your feet up, relax, because it's now time for the news. News, 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 news. Cody. Formula One news, pocket in my Fermi, Formula One news, it's the pimp news, pimp news, didn't steal this, it's definitely the pimp news, pimp news, pimp news coming through your ears right now, pocket in my Fermi, Formula One news, pimp news, yeah. That's right, it is the pimp news, and there's not much to go through, well there's so much news in the world of F1, but we're not going to talk about it all today, because I think I'm going to bring up some of it in the next episode, and I'm looking at you Toto Wolf. Alright, oh my, with. Whistle man, just start whistling. I don't want to have to tell you again. That's better. Now, we've only got to talk about one bit of news today, and that is the Singapore Grand Prix is being removed from the calendar. Oh, my gosh. Colin Sin, Deputy Chairman of the Singapore GP, said, the decision has not been taken lightly. We understand that our fans were looking forward to another edition of the Formula One Singapore Grand Prix. To cancel the event a second year is an incredibly difficult decision, but a necessary one in light of the prevailing restrictions for live events in Singapore. We would not have been able to deliver a full event experience fans have come to expect over the years. While safeguarding the health and safety of our fans, contractors, volunteers and staff, ultimately, we have to be responsible, cautious and prudent as safety is our number one concern. Now, I agree if if your world if the world is right now a shit place and if your country is struggling a little bit with a pandemic, there is nothing wrong with cancelling it. Singapore, I I applaud you for that decision. I understand it is not easy to because it is such a tourism boost, such a free marketing for the country. But for you to go, boop, no thank you, bye bye. It's going to be very, very hard indeed. But this is going to have a bigger impact on the World Championship than I think a lot of people do realise. A street circuit with tight corners and areas where overtaking isn't going to be easy is the perfect venue like Baku was and Monaco was for Red Bull to extend their lead and Max to extend his World Championship lead. But with the race removed and looks likely to be replaced by doing a double header in Austin at the US GP, that gives a huge advantage to Mercedes. 
With more high-speed track, high-speed turns and straights, the USGP heavily favours Mercedes over the Red Bulls. Obviously, we live in a time now where things can change at the drop of a hat, and we need to be able to adapt, but does the FIA need to look at replacing a circuit with a like-for-like -like in the future to make sure teams aren't disadvantaged moving forward? I just, I don't know. I think it's just a bit of an iffy one. I think it's one of those things where it's like, well, that sucks. I mean, even if uh, Mercedes or Red Bull weren't going to win Singapore, it, it definitely is something that would hurt the Mercedes team a lot more having to race there. But let me know over at the socials. Ah, park it in my family, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Short, sharp, and shiny today. A good thing too, because there is so much we need to get to. That's going to do it for the news. What a weekend of racing that was Baku, Azerbaijan. Grand Prix, seven red flags, tyre blowouts, lots of overtaking, and a partridge in a pear tree. Monaco, you need to take a good, long, hard look at yourself in the mirror because Azerbaijan just showed you how to do a street circuit. What a weekend of racing we had, where Monaco qualifying is so intense and full on and the highlight of the weekend. Baku, the highlights never stopped, baby. I was listening to another one of the podcasts out there, yes. There are other Formula One podcasts. They're nowhere near as good. Don't don't even go searching for them. And the host said, Ooh, Baku seemed a little bit uh, boring up until Lance Stroll did his little oopsie-doo and the tyre went. Then I was like, okay, now we can talk. But so much action from FP1 through to the final couple of laps. And we're talking final couple of laps. It was non-stop. I was actually exhausted watching these fast gladiators battle it out on the bitumen. Nothing less than bitching then to get your engine revving. So, as the sun sets in Baku, we need to break down everything that happened every, each and every session, of course. Overtake, crash, red flag, and more. Big congratulations, first of all, to Checo, Sergio Perez. Oh, sorry. Not, not congratulations. Hey, uh, Ferdinand's or Feliz Navidad, or whatever it is, as Seb put it. And well done to the Aston Martin, and in particular, Seb Vettel. First time ever Aston Martin podium. And Seb maintains his incredible record in Baku, never finishing below fourth, and he wasn't going to start now. And of course, Pierre Gasly rounding out the podium, and he just did what he just does. I've seen Gasly do well out there. The man can flat out drive and finally proving what I said at the start of the year wasn't moronic. I predicted him to have a huge season because that AlphaTauri can go took him five races to get it started so let's actually start with what happened over the weekend so we're going to start with the free practices the ferraris and the red bulls looked very very good indeed but the big story was the mercedes were struggling through the streets of baku they couldn't quite get the setup right for either car and as a result they were about midfield if not even closer to the back of the grid uh, for the three free practices. McLaren also struggled, which isn't surprising, using the same Mercedes engine in the car. But that Mercedes of Lewis Hamilton in Sector 3 was incredible, though. You would have noticed it, especially in FP3. Sector 3, able to just really get that toe. Once the slow corners were over and done with, he could open it right up. And if he was lucky enough to get one of those toes, head, shoulders, knees and toes, then he was able 
can get right up there with the best of it. But with a street circuit, the name of the game is traffic. And as there was not enough, no wide runoff areas that cars will still often hold each other up. And Baku was no exception. It all started with Verstappen trying to set the flying lap time with Ocon and Russell holding him up. Let's take a listen to that. Wow, mate, it's unbelievable here, these two cars. Super dangerous. Yeah, I understand. I think Russell was doing his best to let you through, but actually it was Ocon that did a pretty poor job. Then, very next free practice, Mazepin and Sainz got into it. Instead of finishing the lap, I'm getting out of the way, and it's two, two turn one in front of you, this guy. What's he doing, man? He my lap and then expects me to help him. But I will have to say this, the highlight of all the radio calls, especially in free practice, was the vast improvement from your main boy, Nikita. Let me give him a little squeeze, Mazepin. Has it changing the settings on the steering wheel in Baku compared to Monaco? Take a listen to Monaco and then back straight up. We're going to back it up with Baku when asked to update some settings on that steering wheel. Driver default, Charlie, 85 when you can. Driver default, C, 85 when you can. I cannot do it, man, you're having a I'm in Monaco. Driver default, Charlie, 87. Driver default, Charlie, 87. When you can, no rush. Done. Nice job, mate, nice job. We're not in Monaco anymore. Now, in Mazepin's defense, You've got to press like 15 buttons to make that thing get to where you want to get to. So, I couldn't have done it. Neither could you, so just back off, back off. There are hilarious moments, all free practice, watching some of the best drivers in the world try and find reverse in these Formula 1 cars. I can't find the audio of it, but George Russell's race engineer describing it as doing an Austin Powers, where you try and do a 100 point turn to turn around, was some of the funniest crap that I heard all weekend. But now, the warm-ups are done. We need to now talk about qualifying, and my God, what a shit show this became. Lance Stroll was the first victim of Q1, clipping the wall and losing it. Of course, making that a red flag. Take a listen to what happened. This is Lance Stroll, who has been in the wall, I would imagine, at turn 15, and that is an absolute disaster, sporting-wise, for Lance Stroll. Joining him soon after was racing car Jesus Antonio Giovinazzi, who I picked up for my fantasy team moments before qualifying even started. So good on me putting the mockers on him straight away. Sorry about that, racing car Jesus. No surprises. The other three, Nicholas Latifi and the two Haases in Mick Schumacher and Nikita, give him a squeeze. Mazepin all exiting Q1. It's good now that we've gotten to a point where we can expect George Russell to get out of Q1 every race weekend. And you know, Williams, which has struggled of late, like we always go, oh, Williams has just struggled. They just struggled. But the first couple of races of the season, you know, he, he was competing with Bottas for P9 in Imola. He did all right in Bahrain, but it's been the last few races he just has not been able to get a hold of it but it's good to see him now comfortably do this every weekend we're now expecting it it's not a shock when we see Russell and the Williams get to Q2 but despite all this the shock of Q1 was wasn't who was out it was who was leading the two Red Bulls were pipped by Lewis Hamilton in the Mercedes with the fastest time in Q1 with a 141.5 two tenths up on Max now obviously 
obviously. They're just saving a bit of power, surely. Great effort there by Lewis Hamilton. Sir Lewis to you common folk. But that was Q1. Nothing important there. Q2 is where it separates the men from the boys. All right, and Bottas was being one of those boys being harassed by a few men. With Bottas sneaking into Q3 with a 142-1, only one-tenth clear of Seb Vettel in P11, which actually probably worked out as a bit of a blessing in disguise for Seb as he gets to start with whatever tyre he wants and isn't stuck with what he qualified on. I'd like to say it's, it's a bit of a shock that Danny Rick was out in Q2, but it really wasn't really, you know? He just doesn't seem to have the confidence and therefore the pace in that McLaren qualifying. And going out in Q2 is becoming the norm now for Daniel Ricciardo. Joining the German and Australian was George Russell, Kimi Raikkonen and Esteban Ocon. The Alpine. Now it's time for some Q3 action and what really gets my blood flow pumping the plums juicing plump ready for the picking now with there already being one red flag that we saw earlier on it wouldn't be a case of seeing a lot more in q3 you bet your sweet behind it would be we start with yuki sonoda locking up and going into a wall however science was following and as a result he lost concentration and went off as well this time at least into the runoff area let's take a listen to what happened First time ever in Q3, pushing too hard. But what happened then to Carlos Sainz, I wonder, who would have been behind Yuki Tsunoda? He then locks up. This guy dodges ahead of me. But as they draw a red flag, we started seeing what happened in Monaco repeat itself. It's just a little bit of history repeating. First off, it was Gasly hindered. Red flag, red flag. You kick the wall. John, okay. Oh, where does that put us? P4. P4. P4, guys. That's a nice job. I call it a nice job. But as you can hear, he was still able to qualify fourth for the race. However, Max was again on an absolute flyer. Thought he was in an aeroplane rather than a car. Looking great to take over on pole from Charles Leclerc. Once again, Leclerc escapes disaster and is able to qualify fastest in Baku. Take a listen to Max's disappointment. Red flag, Max. Red flag. Yeah, what a dis... Uh, this is so painful, man. I'm on the street circuit all the time. These stupid red flags. Q3. Man. With the red flag holding up qualifying, it meant that Max wouldn't only start behind Leclerc, but Hamilton. With the assistance from a tow from Bottas, was able to secure a P2 on the grid. Bottas, of course, was not returned the favour and only managed to qualify P10 for the race. Piss poor from Bottas. I'm sure it was all his fault. Not nothing to do with the car at all, as Toto would probably say. So it's now race. The race is underway and it was a pretty good start by all. There was no real issues at the start. Uh, not into turn one, but it was evident almost immediately that Max and Perez Max ha was closing in very, very quickly on Hamilton after they both were able to pass Leclerc. Mercedes then decided, let's try and get him pit. Let's try and do a little bit of an undercut to get a bit of a distance on him. But due to Alpha Tauri coming out of the pit straights at just the right time, all of a sudden Hamilton two second pit stop was extended to roughly four seconds. And Max was able to extend his lead even further. Let's take a listen. 
What's happened in sector two? We've got a yellow flag. That will attract the attention of the strategy engineers on the pit wall. And it is a Ferrari of Carlos Sainz who's gone off into the runoff area. Hamilton comes in, Verstappen and Perez stay out. Hamilton, oh, it's a slow stop again, but he had to wait for the other car that was coming down uh, the pit lane. So then Perez was setting blistering in laps two and was almost able to perform the overcut on Max as well as Lewis, but because according to Horner, Perez didn't quite hit his mark accurately. That caused an otherwise amazing effort into a four second stop as well. But Perez was still able to get past Hamilton with ease. Let's take a listen to that. Hard compound tire. Oh. For Sergio Perez, there was a problem at the rear. We'll get Ted Kravitz's uh, thoughts on that in a moment. 4.3 second stop for Perez. That's undone all his good work. As you see, Max Verstappen going into turn one. Where's Hamilton now? Coming through turn one. Sergio Perez comes out in second place. Still ahead of Lewis Hamilton. Verstappen is ahead. Sergio Perez behind his teammate. Hamilton behind now. Both Red Bulls. So it was then Max from Perez, from Lewis Hamilton in P3. Happened next with Lance Stroll on a set of hard compound tires. 31 laps into the race, just went exploding on him. And going into the barrier at a squillion miles an hour. Thankfully, he's fine. Take a listen to the incident, though. That is an accident, and it is Lance Stroll. Let's have a look and see what happened to Lance Stroll. And yeah, absolutely no chance. Whoa, 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 whoa. Stroll audibly shaken up there, calling for the red flag as soon as possible because you do not want to be stuck on the side of that main straight there with cars going 200 miles an hour past you, especially if tyres are starting to explode too. So. He handled that still a lot better than I would have done. I would have shat myself, pissed myself, and then probably vomited as well just to get the icing on the cake. If you are putting vomit as your icing on a cake, please don't eat it. Moving on, on the restart though, his teammate Seb Vettel on fresher tyres was able to make light work of Pierre Gasly and move into fourth place. Pierre couldn't believe it. Let's take a listen. This is what the restart's all about, and Sebastian Vettel getting a nice one off Pierre Gasly. He's going to get it done. He's got the toe, he's got the fresher tyres, he's got the pace. Sebastian Vettel has got fourth place. That's not possible. Hardbreak occurred on lap 46, though, as what happened to Stroll happened to Max. Max was cruising down the straight, nothing out of the ordinary, having the race of his life, didn't put a foot wrong. And the rear left hard compound tyre, roughly the same age as Stroll's, exploded. Sent Max into the barriers at a squillion miles an hour as well. Let's take a listen to what happened. Oh, and that's Max Verstappen. Max Verstappen on the main straight, leading this race, now out of this race. With the red flag for Max's crash still in effect and the drivers in the pit lane waiting. On a standing still restart, Hamilton had what was the radio message of the weekend. Let's listen to what he had to say. You gotta remember that this is a marathon, not a sprint, so it's gotta be measured and how aggressive we go. Yeah, copy Lewis. Absolutely agree, Lewis. It certainly is a marathon and not a sprint, but why are you sprinting into the runoff area when you're meant to turn left? Hamilton locks the front wheels because he accidentally activated the magic brake button 
Used to heat the tyres up on the outlap or a formation lap. As a result, he locks up the front wheels and goes into the runoff area. Perez couldn't believe his luck, finally. Take a listen to that. Perez on pole, Hamilton alongside him on the front row, Perez gets away well, Hamilton with wheel spin, Sebastian Vettel is coming at them as well, Perez tries to cut off Hamilton, oh! who locks up and goes straight on, Perez leads from Sebastian Vettel and then comes Pierre Gasly and Charles Leclerc and Hamilton has gone from second in the race to falling out of the points. Oh, I'm so sorry guys. Yeah, don't sweat it Lewis, don't sweat it. I'm expecting Toto to put the blame onto Bottas somehow. Perez went on to win the race and then immediately parked his car at the pit exit as there was an issue with it. Finally, some luck going the way of a number two driver in Red Bull. First time a number two was won at Red Bull since Danny Rick back in 20, I don't know, feels like 2001. Probably more recent. I think it was Monaco 2017. But let's hear what happened with the Perez win. Take a listen. Sergio Perez wins the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. Well done, Sergio. Well done. Thank you for finishing that off for us. Great job. This is for you guys. Stop the car. Stop Fantastic the car. Job. Stop the car. Stop the car. Stop Seb Vettel got himself driver of the day starting in P11 all the way up to P2. Great effort. Take a listen as he gets a little bit flirty on the team radio. Sebastian Vettel moved teams. He picks up his first podium for Aston Martin and their first podium in Formula One. Sebastian Vettel, congratulations. You are driver of the day. Thank you. What Thank a you. race. Sum that one up for us. P2 from P11. Yeah, it's amazing. I'm not, I haven't got much time to sum it up. I need to go to my guys. But uh, it's a bit weird. Who, who, who gave you my number? <laughs> yes, mate. Well done. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Great job. Hey, 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 hey. That's a podium, man. That's a wrap. Thank you. Car was amazing today. How did you get my number indeed? Pierre Gasly, the Frenchman, had an amazing weekend as well, finishing P3. Listen to him celebrate. Guys, I don't know how I did that. Oh, what the hell? Incredible. Wait a try, mate. Wait a try. Pick up, please. Wow. No idea how I've done that. Incredible, guys. I'm sorry for you. It's been an incredible weekend. I'm really pleased. I'm really pleased for all of you. That does it for Baku, Azerbaijan GP. And what a weekend of action it was. France had a lot to live up for in a few weeks' time. I don't think they'll do it. But Monaco, sort your shit out. Be better. Be like Baku. But now, it's time for... Your I'm a stat man! Formula One stat man! Cody's a stat man! Yeah, stats! Uh, I'm a stat man! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Stat time! Yeah! Oh, so much stats! So many stats! I don't know if this intro is even long enough! There's that many stats! Uh, stats, stats, stats! Yeah! Ooh, so many stats. Uh, I'm a stat man. I am a stat man, and we do have so many stats. I'm going to be a little bit, little bit special because there were a lot of firsts that happened, and you never forget your first. <laughs> you never forget, Veronica. You listening? Okay, so we're going to talk about all the firsts that happened on the weekend because there was so much. Let's start off with Sergio Perez. He became the first driver to win with two different teams in the turbo hybrid era. 
Also only the second to do so with two different engine manufacturers. Not bad. This was also the first podium for Aston Martin Racing. We did mention that a little bit earlier. Congratulations to them. First time since 2012 that USGP that both Mercedes failed to finish the race and not get any points. First time since 2013 Japan GP that Amber Bot have not got a single point. First time since Monaco 2018 that someone other than Verstappen has won in a Red Bull, so it was 2018. Sorry, Danny Rick, I need to put some more respect on your name. First time since 2013 Spanish GP that Hamilton has finished a race but not been in the points. Also the first time in 50-something races that Hamilton didn't finish. I mean, hey, just a little rapid fire, a little pew 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 pew, take all my stats. You take him right now. That was your stat of the week. He's a stat man. Oh, that was a good stat. It was pretty yeah, good. Such a good stat. Okay. Such a, such a good stat. You know it was. He's a stat man. Hey, let's go on with the show. Cool, it's pretty cool. Yeah. ba ba da ba dee ba 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 da ba Okay, how are you feeling? You hungry? Me too. Let's go. Now everybody, gather round. Because I get embarrassed. Do you get embarrassed as well? Yes, I do. I think everybody does. Now it's time for the embarrassment sandwich. Because all the Formula One drivers do embarrassing things just like you and me. Embarrassment sandwich. Ooh, I'm hungry. Embarrassment sandwich. It's time to eat an embarrassment sandwich. Yes, it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, come on, shut up. All right, it is time for embarrassment sandwich. I'm starving. You guys hungry? All right, it's the segment where I list embarrassing things I've done in my past. But we've also got to make fun of the drivers too. And I feel it's only fair. We make fun of the drivers every single show. So why not make a little fun of ourselves too, you know, make a little softer blow for them. Of course, if you've got any embarrassing moments and you want to share with the world, send them on in. At Parker in my firm, a Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Let's go layer number one. Until I was too old to admit it, I thought that the Tooth Fairy was real. But none of the others though. Easter Bunny and Santa I knew were fake. The Tooth Fairy I thought was very, very real. Layer number two, Hamilton hitting the magic brake button. You hit a button on a car, that means that you have no brakes going into turn one on the restart. That's that's just kind of embarrassing. You're a seven-time world champ. You don't know what the buttons do. Oh, you accidentally brushed past it? No, 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 no. You watch the footage. He's, he's holding some buttons there that he shouldn't be holding. Layer number three, on St. Paddy's Day about 15 years ago, I had too much to drink and ran down to the bathroom to spew. Didn't quite get there and spewed on the floorboards at my parents' house on the way to the bathroom. I also slipped on it, knocked myself out and had to have my 15-year-old sister find me there lying naked in the morning. How's that for an embarrassment sandwich? Satisfied? All right, ladies and gentlemen, we need to look at the race weekend again. We've already recapped everything. We've already eaten our embarrassment sandwich and I'm feeling mighty full from that delicious tasty treat. So now it's time to look at the good, the bad, and the ugly. Oh, from the race weekend, where we go through everything that was good that happened, everything that was bad that happened, and the downright ugly. So uh, we need to start 
with the good. The good Sergio Perez Checo. Well done. You did absolutely nothing wrong in that race. Flawless from start to finish. Starting where'd you start? P4, P5 even. Just weaved in and out. Got all the way up there. You did your thing. You were a great number two driver. Red Bull have needed someone like that for so long. The good Max Verstappen and Red Bull. Really, Red Bull did nothing wrong with Max Verstappen. 1.9 second pit stop. Excellent driving. Was in cruise control, basically. Tire exploded. Not really his fault. The good. Alpha Tauri. Pierre Gasly and Yuki Tsunoda in the race. Well done, guys. Finally starting to turn around that Red Bull Honda engine vibe. It was looking really, really nice. Also holding up the pit stop for Mercedes as well. And Lewis Hamilton. So good work there. The good. Hey. Nikita Mazepin in free practice. Kind of. Just kind of. He learned how to change the buttons on his steering wheel without being an absolute dickhead about it. The good. Baku. Oh, the Azerbaijan Grand Prix was absolutely spectacular after the shit show we had a couple of weeks ago. We're now in Baku and it was bellissimo. This is how a street circuit needs to be. That long straight. It suited every car throughout it. You know, like that middle section. All right. Ferrari dominant, that middle section, that last section. Mercedes crushed it in the last section with a toe. Overall, Red Bull were fantastic though. Well done, Red Bull. And the good Charles Leclerc in qualifying. Spectacular. Q1, P1, sorry. P1 and Q3 is what I meant to say. Well done, Charles Leclerc. Fantastic stuff, but that's the good. That's the good. No, 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 no. We don't just we don't just rest on the good. We can, you've had you've had your you've had your dessert, but you know what? You left some peas and beans on your plate. You need to go back and eat them because now we're going to talk about the bad. Okay, let's start with Mercedes. Both Hamilton and Bottas. What the hell happened? I mean, Hamilton, you tried your hardest. I reckon you absolutely got every single thing you could out of there. But, I mean, you hit the magic button, you drive off. You, you finish lower than two houses. Nikita Mazepin beat you on the weekend. Not good. Bottas, what's happening with you? I know this is two circuits where you're not that good at, but you better, you better hope for a good French Grand Prix because if that's not coming, you're gone. George Russell will be driving a Mercedes before the end of the year. The bad. Red flags? I mean, <clears throat> red flags are annoying. Should there be penalties associated with red flags? There were seven of them. Seven of them. Four in qualifying. I mean, it kind of... If you start punishing people for red flags, then it's got to be very strict on what you are and aren't punishing them for. Um, so it was good that it sort of stopped the bunched everyone up again, but bad because it stops the race. And if I'm recording the race, which I did, and I don't record the extra 20 minutes afterwards, then I missed that amazing restart. Thank God for the internet. The bad. Monaco. Baku is making you to be like a little bitch. Be better. Ferrari. Also bad. Their race pace. What was going on? That race starts. They just can't keep up at all. The bad. McLaren. 
I mean, they've got the Mercedes engine. That's probably a reason why they also struggled. But Norris, great fight at the end. But overall, you guys had a very, very quiet weekend. Didn't even know you were racing. The bad Williams race engineer telling Latifi to stay out. Take a listen. Stay out, stay out, stay out, stay out, stay out, stay out. Through the pit lane, but no pit stop. Huh? Through the pit lane, but no pit stop. Ah, he told me to stay out. Uh, stay out means stay on the track. Sorry, sorry. The bad Yuki Sonoda. Don't you talk to your teammates like that. Or your race engineer like that. Take a listen to this. Yuki, we need to push harder on tyres. They are looking good now. We need to open the gap to Vettel. You can push harder. Push flat out. Uh, yeah, shut up! We had our dessert. We had our peas and greens. That was a little bit of, little bit of liver. A little bit of haggis. Left in the corner, and that's the ugly. <sighs> There's only one ugly this week, and it's real ugly. It's a stinker. Pirelli tires. Pirelli have come out and said there were debris on the track, and that is why Lance Stroll's tire exploded, and that is why Red Bull's Max Verstappen's tire exploded. Um, no, that's bullshit. If there's debris on the track and it, and it deflates because of that, the teams can actually see that in their data. I know it's a split second, but they can still see it. All right, your tyres were shit. You changed the PSI from free practice through to the race. Obviously, you thought something was going on. You made changes yourself because you were unsure of what's happening. You're coming through and saying that Lewis Hamilton has a has a little bit of a little bit of a cut on his tyre. Well, Lewis Hamilton also decided to run into a runoff area. Verstappen and Lance Stroll didn't do that during the race. Look, end of the day, Pirelli can make tyres if they wanted to that would last the entire race. It would just be boring. So I'm glad that they're not doing that. But please, Pirelli, you've got to own up, suck up, grow a pair of testicles and take the blame for what happened out there because that was your fault. Whoa. Ladies and gentlemen, that was the good, the bad, and the ugly from the weekend. Did I miss out on anything? Oh, oh, I did. Oh, what's that? Good. Okay, let's get wholesome right now. The good, the final good, the excellent. PDR. Paul DeResta, well done. Don't know what was happening with Martin Brundle. I think he just needed a weekend off. Probably caught the runner from Kissing Too Many Girls. But well done, Paul DeResta. You were fantastic. I loved you and my main squeeze, my boy. Crofty in the booth. That was fantastic. And you were very good too. Very, very good. Well done, PDR, best friend. PDR. That was the good, the bad, and ugly. If I missed anything, head over to Parker in my fair mate. On the socials, at Parker in my fair mate, that is. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Slide in the DMs. I'll be sitting back waiting. Arms wide open, ready to catch you. Ready to brace that fall. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for another show. No, no, don't cry. You passed me the dishes. I appreciate the love. Thanks for stopping by. That was Baku. What a race that was. We now got to prepare ourselves for the French Grand Prix. Now, do I think that'll be crap? Probably. But you know what's not crap? The Park It In My Fermi show because pimpfin ain't easy, baby. Sure, we'll give it a try. So head on over to parkitinmyfermate.com if you've missed any of the episodes. 
at Parker in my family on the socials. Head over to Patreon if you want to become a member of the show. Most importantly, most importantly, thank you so much for listening. Thanks for listening. Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.